Hello and welcome to A Week in Politics. I am joined as usual by Odysseus, Albert and Ed and we have a great episode coming your way today. We're going to talk about vaccine passports. Oddie's got us an international story. I've got a little quiz for Oddie as well. And then Albert and Ed will be going head to head in the first A Week in Politics championship quiz. So how are you guys doing? It's been a, a, a quite a dry week of, of politics with news, not much going on, but uh, we've managed to pick up a story on vaccine passports, which is... Uh, very, very big uh, and very controversial as well. A lot of a lot of political divide in here. I'll start with Albert. Albert, what do you make of the government's plans to introduce COVID vaccine passports? Yeah, I think it's a bit of a difficult one because I can see like some of the advantages of it in terms of like being able to open venues more profitably because a lot of venues, if you try and open it with social distancing, you, you, you know, you're hardly taking any profits really. Um, but equally, I can see the arguments of like that certain groups like uh, you know, if you have certain illnesses and stuff, you can't get vaccinated and stuff like that. So I can see that they've had the alternatives of like a negative COVID test. But yeah, it's a difficult one. I will say that. Mm. Odysseus? Yeah, I think that like there's been some really just strange things to do with the, uh, the past. But I mean, people have talked about being a checkpoint society when you're saying that you need a passport to get into a club or pub or you need to show your ID now anyway. This argument that it's un-British, I'm not really sure what that means, so I'm not going to rebut it. Um, <laughs> then there's also, I mean, there's been some really extreme arguments. I saw a protest in Israel where they likened it to, like, you know, the World War II star that Jews had to wear, and I thought that was a bit bizarre as well. <laughs> um, I think the main issue is just with, like, the, um, the people not being able, like Albert mentioned. I think that generally, given that vaccines are free and available to everyone, like, I don't think it's really that discriminatory. I think that it's so long as you just find a way around the people that can't, um, uptake's been higher with, with certain uh, group, you know, ethnic groups that it was lower within the first place, that's less of a concern now. Hopefully that will continue to be a smaller concern. So, yeah, I think it's a bit strange, the uh, the obsession with not having them. Yeah. Ed, what, what do you make of this? I'm guessing you've got quite radical views. Is this the police state coming in now? <laughs> Tell me what I can inject now. Uh, I'm kind of on the same... Uh, in, in the same boat but I will say a couple of things firstly I can definitely understand like I said like a people not wanting it uh, as much as I disagree with it um, but even if you don't want it then obviously that's your choice and that's fine but like that doesn't mean that you are also entitled to go to nightclubs and pubs and all this stuff which is what where presumably the passports will be used. Secondly, though, as sort of a counter to that, I read somewhere that they were making um, a lot more tests available for free. So, you know, if, if we have like this many tests available to people, I don't see much of a reason logistically why these can't be offered to like pubs and places you know what i mean so then you get tested on the door type yeah, you get because they're really two, they're really quick yeah the government plans is two a week per per adult yeah. in england which is which is a good amount but i guessing i, I mean i'm up for going for the pub more than twice a week <laughs> which, <laughs> no, exactly so my point is like you could get tested on the door pretty much and it would mm. be you know the same as showing a passport except it wouldn't disadvantage people who didn't yeah. want one or couldn't get one. I know I know that's the plan in, in Liverpool. They're trialling clubs in Liverpool, but they're trialling a uh, lateral flow 
test system to get in. So you have to wait 15 minutes to get in. I mean, I'll be sobered up by the time that happened, 15 <laughs> minutes of standing in a corridor or something. But um, with the when it comes to vaccine passports, I, I understand. I think I think they're needed, but then I, and I do understand this thing of civil civil liberties. It it does infringe on rights. You don't have to take the vaccine. You don't have to. Uh, and I think you should, but you don't have to. And does that mean that you should have places shut off to you? Um, especially when, you know, 99.98% of the population are not even a threat to this virus. Uh, I see. I mean, I don't understand. This is, if this is our way back to normality, then I would fully support it. But I think there is other ways of doing it. I think like Ed said that you could do it with a, the test system is probably a lot easier to do um, than having a, a passport system of, of your medical records as well on show at all times. Um, yeah. And and that's, that's another alarming thing is that I don't, you know, I've got some people might have a, a, a quite a hidden medical record. I know they're saying that people with HIV shouldn't take the vaccine right now um, because while they do further tests on it. And, and it's quite alarming that, you know, not taking a test and you showing that you haven't had the vaccine on a on your phone or on paper showing that you, you know, it could be could lead to people asking questions about stuff. And that's not really anyone's anyone's option. I don't want a bouncer knowing what's wrong with me. Um, I'm not saying I have HIV as well. Way. Like, I think it does create this sort of weird elitism for people mm. who have the vaccine. And like you said, there's plenty of reasons, legit reasons why people don't want to take it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, so, yeah, I, I understand it for certain situations. I don't understand it for like um, for close quarters, venues, like um, festivals yeah. and things like that. I can completely understand when you can only get the experience needed mm-hmm. me being close quarters. I understand that. But like I said, us four, people know that we're lifelong friends, as it says in the bio and all our social medias. We've been to the pub many times through this COVID. Over the summer, we all went together and we sat at a table, sat outside, whatever. And I never felt like I was going to catch COVID or I was a threat to anyone else sitting at a table with that. So I think there should be options available for people who don't want it. But completely shutting people off through the vaccine passport system isn't right. It does go against our our civil liberties. But if it's the only way forward, if it's the only way that we're going to get out of this, then I'll have to support it. But I do have concerns about it. But the government has said it's going to be, it's going to have a, a pass by law, but it's going to have a limit on it. It's going to have a month, two month, three month limit on it um, while we get everyone our second jabs and then it'll, then it'll be gone. So we'll see. It's an interesting thing. I do think it's quite alarming, but uh, you know, we'll have to see uh, where it goes. But I don't want my civil liberties attached. And I, and I obviously, it's like when you brought that British thing there, I, I don't know where I've seen that lots of times on Twitter. I have no clue how this has been linked to patriotism and nationalism of a, of a vaccine passing. It's taken away our Britishness. It's, it's, not at all, really, is it? Let's be honest. It's, you know, we've given up. Yeah, so I mean, much. I think that Keir Starmer in general, just like, yeah, Keir Starmer has, has, has let everybody down at this point. I think that, you know, well, I was quite enthusiastic in that I thought that, like, I mean, let's be honest, I think that, you know, people talk about the Doctor Who comparison. I always compare to the last one. And with him being compared to Jeremy Corbyn, it, there was always a bit of optimism because he's not Jeremy Corbyn, but mm. he's been pretty, you know, I'm a staunch conservative and it, it, it really is a, alarming to say that I think that Jeremy Corbyn was a bigger threat to a conservative government than Keir Starmer is. Keir Starmer, you know, this, and this the vaccine passports is really a great thing. I, I'm excited for the political debate coming because we've got the Lib Dems taking the freedom and anti-vaccine passports perspective. You've got some of the conservatives join the Lib Dems on there. You've got a, a bit of turmoil going on, but the, then you've got Labour sitting in the middle saying they're going to wait for more evidence. And when when are they going to take a position on this? When are they going to be the opposition that this government needs? A gov- democracy in this country only is, is only successful when there is a viable and strong opposition. And Keir Starmer is absolutely useless. He's a wet wipe. He's an absolute mess. 
And I'd be better off having Jeremy Corbyn and then just sacking him just before a general election. They really would, because at least he offered some sort of opposition. As much how wrong it was, at least he offered something which was different to the shower of shite going on in the UK government right now. Um, yeah, I, think, I think the thing with Starmer is he, um, not only is there like the weakness on policy, but there's also the, um, just like, I think the total ineptitude of communicating or having any kind of feel of the country mm. is a big issue. Like, firstly, the whole like, I mean, we've mentioned it here, the Britishness. It is so stupid, this patriotism, just nonsense. Like, no one cares about you so making your arguments because it's more British. That doesn't appeal to anyone. And then it also, it appeals to some that, people. I think, yeah, but my Not new, most like, people. There's, yeah. there's very few people who will genuinely go out to vote because of patriotism. Like, most of the people that will vote because an argument, apparently, in inverted commas, is British, probably people that won't vote for Labour anyway. And then I think that also what I was going to say is that um, there's just like back to the vaccine passports. I was going to say that I think that the whole thing of it's okay to do it for international travel, but not pubs was quite a ridiculous argument because like you quite easily say that that international travel for some people is far more important. Like you don't have to go to a pub, whereas some people, for example, for things like, I mean, there's obviously exceptional cases like funerals and, and that kind of thing. And, emotional support for families visit just having a chance to visit families like i think that that was quite um a flawed thing as well but uh but yeah mm. yeah no uh yeah no i think international passports is that's 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 important that needs to happen because especially when other people are far behind but as i when we're all at the same level you know uh, if they're going to bring in this passport thing in may let's say which they're planning on doing we're going to be left behind. we won't have the vaccine in early may we'll have it late may early june if that and we're going to be left behind. I, I and I, I, we've sacrificed so much. Our generation, the young eighteen to thirty-five olds, we've sacrificed a lot. And I'm not. We're not complaining about it. We're not saying that we shouldn't have done it. But we have sacrificed a hell of a lot in this past twelve months, um, mentally and you know for our chances in the future as well. And whether we want to pick up the bill, and I think this is going to be a really bad situation if they limit us on what we can do when we are not a, a threat at all if anything i'm going to say this the elderly should be the ones that should be sacrificing when it comes to these passports not us um but uh, you know that's a very controversial view of of why the elderly should be shielding but for now rather than making us lock up but anyway that's that's a debate we've had that debate many times on the on the, the way out but um but yeah it's alarming Keir Starmer needs to grow a pair and start actually being in opposition i think that's that's a sensible option. Oddie, you've got an international story for us. Now, what has caught your eye in the world this week? Well, this is something that I've been aware of for, you know, quite a while, really. Um, and perhaps maybe we should have mentioned a little bit earlier, but it's obviously come to its sort of climax just yesterday. And that's the events that have been happening in Bulgaria. Uh, just to give you a little bit of background, it was uh, last July, you know, that's July of 2020, that there was basically the uh, president who's critical of of the Prime Minister. The Prime Minister is quite widely accused of corruption. There is a lot of corruption in Bulgaria, the most corruption in the European Union, and also issues such as things like lack of judicial independence and lack of media freedom. Um, so basically, there was it was all triggered by a raid on the President, uh, the critic of the Prime Minister, you know, for without real good reason. Um, so the people have been protesting both in the country and the various diaspora abroad. Um, and I think that that's something that is something that's worth considering. And so well, the reason that I've mentioned this uh, just yesterday is because there's been an election. Uh, it's one that has technically been won by the prime minister, who's a Bokyo Borisov. Um, 
but he's only got 25% of the vote and most of the other parties who would potentially be going into a coalition party, a coalition government, sorry, aren't actually on his side. One thing that's mentioned they could do is a short-term coalition in the national interest because that would enable them to have more access to EU funds for COVID recovery. Um, but yeah, it's quite an interesting situation over there. Borisov has largely been in power since 2009. It's looking like that's going to come to an end soon. Um, and hopefully for Bulgaria it does because, you know, there does seem to be quite a lot of corruption uh, and other issues that need to be addressed. Mm. I think we're going to have to call this section Corruption Corner because every single story seems to be about a, bit of, <laughs> a little bit of corruption in there. Um, but it's a very interesting story, I'll say. So, Albert, have you got any, any thoughts? I know you are very keen on and very interested in there. Uh... Yeah, well, I, I certainly wouldn't trust anyone called Borisov to be Prime Minister. Oh, well, I thought when you said that, I thought you said knock your socks off. I thought that was uh, what his name was. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> Yeah. Um, but yeah, no interesting story, I'll just say. So we'll, we'll keep an eye on next week and uh, another one of those uh, next this time next week. And another thing that caught my eye this week, uh, this week and last week as well was um, a very interesting thing from one of uh, the special advisors to Emmanuel Macron, who said that Macron's read so much that he's become the top um, person on virology in, in France. And he's really making his own, not listening to the science anymore because he knows it all. Um, and I, th- I thought it was quite because it's the biggest bullshit ever. Um, and it's just trying to make him look like some sort of little Napoleon or big Napoleon, shall I say. So I've just got a little quiz for you. It's called, are you smarter than Emmanuel Macron? Um, so, <laughs> um, uh, so I've got a few things. It's a time trial. So you're going to get, so it's, you've got to get the answers right, but you're going to be judged on how well you get, uh, how fast you do the questions. Because obviously he's read so much, he's going to have it on top of his head. Um, so you've got a, you've got a time here. So you've got two, two topics. You've got French cuisine or French geography. Now, each week, you're going to be doing a different quiz based on France or wider Europe, uh, and you're going to be time trialed on it based on what I think Macron would get. Um, so I think out of whichever <laughs> one you pick. So you want to go French cuisine or do you want to go French geography this week, I'll just ask. Uh, That's a tough one, really. This I mean, is a it's a great big... game, by the way. Uh, uh, oh. Am I allowed to have a mix? No, you've got to have one or the other. One or the other. Uh, oh. It's okay. going to be a bit like the chase. It's going to be a bit like the chase. You've got to beat the Macron time. Uh, I thought it was based on Are You Smarter Than a 10 Year Old? Well, it is. It's based on, it's, it's mixed between the chase and Are You Smarter Than a 12 Year Old or whatever that show was called. But as you know, Macron is one of the most intelligent men in the world based on his new uh, newfound expertise in virology. So, uh, which one are you going to go for, Odysseus? Right. I'll go, I'll go with French cuisine. I'll go, go with for French cuisine. cuisine. So, on this one, I predicted that Macron would have got this in 10 seconds. Push it okay. to 12. We'll go, to, we'll go 10 seconds, 10 seconds. Give him benefit of the doubt because he's a very intelligent man, apparently. Um, so are you ready for this? So 10 seconds. I'm going to set a time. I'm not going to tell you how long you've done it in. But let's wait to the end. It's like Top Gear. I'm going to be like, you did it in. Um, <laughs> okay, so here we go. Are you ready, Odysseus? Yes. Okay, five questions. Got 10 seconds to beat. Here we go. Question one, what is a julienne? Don't know. Okay, uh, question two, what is a drink when described as a frappe? That's a nice coffee. There we go. Uh, di- question three: Difference between pommes and pommes de terre. That apples and potatoes. Oh, very good. What is a crepe? It's pancake. And very good. And the final one: What is the main ingredient in a souffle? Uh, egg whites, like which are whipped up. There we go. You did it. Egg whites. That's it. Egg whites. That's it. Honestly, that was a very, very good time. Ten seconds to beat Macron. You did it in. 
26 seconds, sadly. Um, so you aren't, sadly, on French cuisine, Macron is more intelligent than you. But next To week, be fair, I don't think, could he actually, like, given that you probably spent about 10 seconds in total asking the questions, I don't think that was that fair a test. Well, you know, it's 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 Macron. He's the most intelligent man in France. He's the he's now running their whole, you know, virology and vaccine thing, which is going very well in France, isn't it? Let's be honest. Um, so, yeah, 26 <laughs> seconds, but that's, that's, on the, that's on the clock. Next week, you've got to beat whatever I give. I'll give you maybe a bit more time next week. Uh, to do it in i think i think 30 seconds is a decent a decent limit I even if he didn't have any time to think Geek, i don't think it's possible for him to beat that yeah time. that was impossible to get less than 10 it's, well, it's not meant to, it's not you're not meant to be smarter than macron he is the most intelligent man in france he's got galaxy brain <laughs> you know but sadly on this occasion on french queen french cuisine also says you are not smarter than emmanuel macron um <laughs> so um <laughs> God, okay. I, I I hate him so much, so it's fine. <laughs> I mean, honestly, do you want to have a go on geography while we're here? Yeah, sure, I might. Go have a go on geography. Okay, I'll give you 30 seconds this time, because 26. I'll give you 30 seconds. Uh, this okay. is this is a bit more... I think this is a bit easier. Bit more, bit more easier. Okay, here we go. 30 seconds to beat Macron on geography. Go. What is the highest mountain in France? Uh, Mont Blanc. Correct. Uh, what is the longest river in France? The... Pass. Okay. Uh, second most populated city? Uh, Marseille. Wrong. No, Lyon. Lyon, I'll give you that one. Uh, f- largest lake? The largest lake? I uh, don't know. And name two bordering countries? Switzerland and Spain. Oh, well, you did get wrong, so I can't really give you, give you right on that one. Uh, you, you did pass on a few there. Uh, but you got 26 seconds on that with three correct. Okay. I'll give you that. You lost. You're not smarter than Macron because he got all five right in 30 seconds. Um, so, yeah. So that's it. Honestly, sadly, on this occasion, you are not smarter than Emmanuel Macron on cuisine and geography. But next week, we'll be back with more quiz questions to see if Odysseus is smarter than the French president. Uh, okay, quiz time. And Albert, last week, you had a fantastic time, didn't you? You won your first ever quiz. I did. I did. I was very pleased. Yeah. And I've, seen, I've I heard that uh, where you live, you had an open bus tour. Uh, did, with yeah, your trophy yeah. <laughs> uh, about five people came out to see it luke yeah, was one of them he was driving the bus uh, i was the burglar um and uh this week we last i said last week that we've changed it so there's no like quiz title anymore you are the week in politics champion albert that is yeah. you you have the title right now and each week you're going to face someone different things and obviously has just lost emmanuel macron so sadly macron is in the running to beat you next week um so this week you're going to get ed Ed, you're, you're up for the title. And Ed, if you win, face it, you become the champion. Uh, and let's see how happen, long. Okay. Let's see how long. But I think, you, I think you've got a chance here. We're playing higher or lower. Uh, so you've got every chance here, Ed, every chance. I'm going to do it on the reins or the reins or the, the time in, in office for the home secretaries. Uh, so how long were they home secretary for? Um, so I've got it from the year, month and day. So we're going to do it exactly pinpointed down. So you've got to, nice. I know it's going to be tough. But you don't have to get, how long they're in, just got to say if it was higher or lower than their predecessor. Um, so we'll start with uh, Ed, you want to go first, second, as you're the challenger, you could decide first or second. I'll, I'll let this guy go first. This guy go first. Albert, you are going first. So I'm going to give you a bit of time on this one because obviously you can't really Google it. So but plenty of time. So Jack Straw was Home Secretary for four years, one month and six days. Albert, how long was David Blunkett in for longer or higher or lower than four years, one month and six days? Um, 
I think I'm going to go with Haya. I think he was in for longer. Well, he, David Blunkett was in for three years, six uh, months and uh, seven days. Uh, so sadly, you have not taken that no. one. Um, right. uh, I know that's that's not, not the best of starts. So so there we go. Over to you, Ed. Charles Clark. I never actually heard of this guy man before. Uh, Charles Clark was in for one year, four months. Oh, I've just given the answer away. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say lower. Looper, looper. I'll give you that one. I'll give you that one. You get to lower. You got it right. No, come answer. on. Do no, I'll give you that. No, I give it. No, you'll give me that one. No, I'll give it. So over to Albert. So Charles Clark was in for lower. I, I balls that one up. I apologize. Um, over to Albert. So John Reed. Charles Clark was in for one year, four months, and 20 days. John Reed was in for higher or lower than that, Albert? Um, I'm going to go with lower. You're bang on, sir. It was one yeah. year, one month, and 22 days. So you are 1-1 one, one at the moment. I gave up. Did I give up? Hey, you will proper go this time. So John <laughs> Reed was in for one year, one month, and 22 days. How long was Jackie Smith in for? Higher or lower? Well, Jackie Smith. Uh, I'm going to go higher. Ooh, it was. It was one year, 11 months, and eight days. Congratulations, yeah. Ed. Still is Albert. You can't lose early on. You just Being got the title. <laughs> you can't do this now. Okay, over to you. Jackie Smith, one year, 11 months, eight days. Alan Johnson, Albert. Johnson? Alan um, Johnson, yeah. From Peep Show. <laughs> Same name. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with higher. Oh, Albert, it was 11 months and 24 days. He was a short, uh, it was a short one, a short one. And that was because it was at the end of Gordon Brown's administration. Oh, he just came in. Oh, uh, so you've lost that one. Oh. So it's over to Albert, uh, Ed. So Alan Johnson for in for 11 months and 24 days. Theresa May, higher or lower than 11 months? Keep keep going with my gut. I'm going to go higher. Yeah. Well, it was very much higher. It was six years, one month and one day. So Ed, 3-1 up. Albert's going to get this one right. Well, 2-1 really, but yeah. Well, yeah, 3-1. 3-1, you got the, you got the thing. Yeah. It's my mistake, but you did say low in the end. Um, so over to you. So Theresa May, Albert, was in for six years, one month, one day. Amber Rudd. Yeah, it's going to have to be lower. It was one year, 10 months, and 13 days. So it's 3-2. Now, you've got to get this one right, Ed. Got to get this one right. Sajid Javid, very good home secretary. Was he in for higher or lower than one year, 10 months, and 13 days? Ooh, it's not failed me so far. I'm going to go so higher. It was lower. It was one ah. year, two months, and 24 days. So it's 3-2. Albert... I've got a big thing for you. As you get champion's advantage, if you get this one right, you do win the quiz. Okay. So you, I have introduced champion's advantage just to make sure that the champion isn't, you know, isn't left too far behind. So one year, two months, 24 days, Sajid Javid, Pretty Patel, Albert, higher or lower than one year, two months and 24 days? I'm going to say higher. It's one year, 10 months and 19 days, Pretty Patel was in for longer. Albert, you win on goal difference. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you win on goal difference. Points difference there. Albert, you've retained the championship just by the skin of your teeth. You retain yeah. that championship. Nice one. Well played. Yeah, Albert, how do you yeah. feel? You've, you, 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 your reign of dominance on the quiz has continued. Two weeks yeah. in a row now. You're I am a bit of mojo that, going. That was quite close for comfort. I'm going to have to, you know, keep working on my political knowledge. You've got to keep going. And, uh, you know... Uh, and showing how it's going you know did very well there very well and, and obviously next week uh, Manuel Macron will be in the studio live um, hosting a quiz <laughs> and fighting Odysseus uh, in a thing quick fight now I just come up there Odysseus versus Macron who's winning I feel like this could be a rivalry going here between the two 
This is Macron versus Odysseus. I think I I don't know. Odysseus, what do you think? Do you fancy your chances in a pub car park? Gypsy rules? In, Emmanuel Macron. Well, it's difficult to say. You know, I know that Macron's a big Marseille fan, so he could get some of his ultras from uh, the Stade Velodrome. Yeah, yeah. Beat me up. <laughs> uh, yeah, but we'd have your back, so. Oh, yeah, well, that's all right then. <laughs> 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 Sadly, I'll just say I would not have your back. Um, I'll be supporting... It's a bit better. It could be like a, a start of World War, France versus Greece. Um, I think Greece <laughs> well, no, to be fair, Macron, you know, Macron was sort of backing up Greece quite heavily. I mean, you know, I could always call on Recep Erdogan because Macron has yeah. beef with him. That'd be... Oh, that'd be a great fight. Oh, like, be fantastic. Macron. Uh, yeah, let's say it now. Right, Macron versus Erdogan. I'm going I'm going for Erdogan in that one. Oh, uh, yeah. Erdogan, Erdogan, like yeah. Erdogan would eat him alive. Yeah, eat yeah. him alive. He really does. Macron's a bourgeoisie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think that could be a new section. Are you tougher than uh, Erdogan? Uh, it could be a, a new one. <laughs> Different people go head to head each week. Um, but on that bombshell, um, it's a short episode this week, but we'll be back next week with a... a a big episode. Uh, we've got a lot going on. We're going to do a, a special in a couple of weeks, maybe next week as well. Spence, if you get on the uh, elections coming up, we've got Wells elect Senate elections, we've got the Hollywood elections, uh, local council elections, and we've got the big, the massive vent of the year, the Hartlepool by election, uh, which we're all looking forward to indeed. So we'll be coming back with a bit of analysis on that um, in the next coming weeks. But thank you for joining. Thank you for Odysseus Albert Ed. We'll be back next week with more news and we'll see you all then. 